BestBookBits.com presents The Art of War by Sun Tzu. For more than 2,000 years, Sun Tzu's The Art of War has provided leaders with the essential advice on battlefield tactics, managing troops and terrain, and employing cunning and deception. An elemental part of Chinese culture, it has become a touchstone for the Western struggle for survival and success, whether in battle, in business, or in relationships. Even those readers familiar with the art of war will experience a new, finding it more fascinating and even more chilling than ever. Little is known about Sun Tzu, 544 to 496 BC, and his life during the Warring States period after the decline of the Zhao Dynasty. But his classic, The Art of War, has been one of the central works of Chinese literature for two and a half thousand years. The written and audio summary can be found on our website, bestbookbits.com. So without further ado, I bring in the book summary of The Art of War. The book is divided into 13 chapters. Number one, estimates. Before going for war, its impact must be estimated in terms of five factors. Morale, people's faith in the court, weather, terrain. An army can travel 10 miles a day under normal conditions. Command, capabilities of the general and doctrine, organization, and operations. A general must be able to administer reward and punishment without being excessive on either. All warfare is based on deception. All warfare is based on deception. When capable, feign incapacity. When active, feign inactive. Encourage enemies' arrogance by pretending inferiority. Appeal to enemies' primitive instincts by offering physical goods and sexual pleasure. When the enemy is at ease, Tie him. When he is united, divide him. Number two, waging war. War drains sovereign's wealth. Therefore, it must be done at a supernatural speed with the victory as sole objective. Try to capture and use enemy's resources as soon as possible. That is, by winning the battle and becoming more stronger. Number three, offensive strategy. Do not focus on killing. Try to take the state intact. Focus should be on winning, and if possible, without even engaging in the battle. The supreme excellence in war is to attack enemy's plans rather than the enemy. Attack the enemy's plans rather than the enemy. If that's not possible, disrupt his alliances. If that's not possible, attack his enemy. Worst is to attack cities. Depending on the relative strength of your army, to be ready to withdraw if yours is weak, and be ready to surrender if yours is really strong. Never hobble the army. Moves should be planned beforehand. Non-military officers should have no say in the army's administration. A confused army leads to another's victory. Know your enemy and know yourself. You will never be in peril. If ignorant of the enemy, but know yourself, then the chance of winning is half. If ignorant of both yourself and the enemy, then you will be peril in every battle. Number four, dispositions. Those skilled can make themselves invincible, but cannot cause an army to be certainly vulnerable. Those skills in war defeat the enemy easily, because they create appropriate conditions for ensuring victory. The armies destined to be defeated fight in the hope of winning, while a victorious army wins in its victories before seeking battle. Number 5 is energy. The normal force is used to engage the enemy, while extraordinary is needed to win. An army needs limitless combinations of both to win. A hawk breaks the body of its prey by proper timing. An overwhelming momentum with precisely regulated attack leads to victory. Apparent confusion is the result of good order, apparent cowardice of courage, and the apparent weakness of strength.
A skill commander seeks victory from the situation and does not demand it from his subordinates. He creates situations which can be exploited by his men. Number six, weakness and strengths. The one who occupies the field first has an advantage, therefore always bring the enemy to war rather than being brought by him. Attack where the protection is low. Against those skilled in attack, the enemy does not know where to defend. Against those skilled in defense, the enemy does not know where to attack. Experts attack like the wind and disappear like the lightning. The enemy should not know where the attack will be from, therefore forcing him to prepare in all directions and hence dilute its strengths. Thus, a skilled general is able to gain victory by modifying his tactics in accordance with the enemy situation. Number seven is maneuver. The whole army cannot move together. Some units will be slower than the rest. It's important to take care of the slow baggage and protect them. Local guides are important for knowledge of the terrain. Troops cannot see or listen to each other easily. Flags and drums are the only options for guidance. Obedience takes precedence over talent. Obedience takes precedence over talent. A talented soldier was once beheaded since he was disobedient. The general's heart decided the fate of the army. If he loses heart in the battle, the army will be deprived of morale. Therefore, those skilled in war attack the enemy when the spirit is sluggish and soldiers are homesick. Do not gobble baits thrown by the enemy, nor attack enemy returning homewards. Always leave a way for the enemy to escape or else they will fight for survival. Number eight, the nine variables. Never camp in low-lying ground. Be resourceful in enclosed ground. Be ready to fight in death ground. Sometimes a general need not obey orders from the sovereign. A good general never assumes that he won't be attacked, but rather makes oneself invincible. A reckless general is killed. A coward one is captured. A quick-tempered one is fooled. One with a delicate sense of honor culminates. Compassionate one can be harassed. These traits lead to the ruin of an army. Number nine is marches. In the mountains, stay close to the valleys. Try to encamp on higher grounds facing the sunny side. Fight downhill. Never ascend to attack. Do not meet the enemy at the water's edge. Let half of his forces cross and then strike. Ensure that the rear is safe by having mountains in the rear and to the right. Forested mountains and aquatic grasses are dangerous since ambushes are hidden under them. When trees appear to move, the enemy is advancing. Birds rising in flight is a sign of the enemy line in ambush. Dirt spreading upward is a high straight columns indicates the approach of chariots. If dirt hangs low, it's infantry. When dust rises in scattered areas, it's the enemy bringing in firewood. When the enemy's envoy speaks in humble terms, but the enemy continues the preparation, he will advance. When their language is deceptive, but he pretentiously advances, he will retreat. When the enemy speaks in apologetic terms, he wishes respite. When without previous understanding, the enemy asks for a truce, he is plotting. When his troops lean on their weapon, they are famished, hungry. When drawers drink water before carrying it to the camp, his troops are suffering from thirst. When the enemy sees an advance, but does not advance to seize it, he is fatigued. When birds gather around campsites, they are empty. If his troops are clamorous, making noises at night, he is fearful. If his troops are disorderly, general has no prestige. When troops gather and talk in groups, general has lost confidence of the army. Troops must be given consistent, trustworthy, and observed orders, or else they will become disobedient. 
Number 10, terrain. The accessible ground can be accessed by both sides equally easily. Taking high sunny positions is important in such grounds. Entrapping ground is easy to get out of, but difficult to get into. In such a ground, slaying, going offensively on the unprepared enemy may lead to victory otherwise. Any move might be unprofitable. The indecisive ground does not offer any advantage to either side. In such a case, pretend to depart and pull the half of the enemy's force out and then strike him. In constricted ground, try to block the passes. In the precipitous steep ground, take sunny heights and wait for the enemy. Strong troops and weak officers equal insubordinate army. Ineffective troops and courageous officers equal distressed army. Inconsistent or weak general equals disordered army. Know the enemy, know yourself equals your victory will not be endangered. Know the ground, know the weather equals your victory will be total. Number 11, the nine varieties of ground. A dispersive ground is one's own territory. Men think of retiring to their homes, so do not fight here. A frontier ground is shallow penetration into the enemy's territory. Do not stop in such land for long. A key ground is equally advantageous for both you and the enemy. Communicating ground is equally accessible to both. A focal territory is one which is surrounded with three different states. It's strategically important to occupy that. Ally with neighbor states here. A serious ground is one which is deep into the enemy's territory. It's difficult to return from such a ground. A difficult ground is one which has difficult terrain for an army to march through due to the mountains, forest, steep heights, etc. Encircled ground is one which is constricted access and way out of it is torturous. Enemy ambushes might be present in such ground. Devise stratagems for dealing with these. Block any gap left by the enemy for escape, thereby forcing your forces to fight. A death ground is one which the only army which fights with a courage and desperation survives. A fight is the only option here. When officers and men care only for worldly riches, they will cherish life at all cost. Number 12. Attack by fire. There are five ways to use fire. Burn personnel, burn stores, burn equipment, burn arsenals, and use incendiary missiles. If a fire has caused chaos in the enemy's camp, then the situation must be exploited. An angry state or resentful general should not go into a fight. Equals, enlightened ruler is prudent and good general is warned against rash action. Number 13, employment of secret agents. The only way to acquire foreknowledge is through secret agents. There are five sorts of secret agents. Naive, insight, doubled, expendable, and living. None should know about each other. Naive agents are enemies, countries, people. Inside agents are enemy officials. Double agents are enemy spies. Expendable agents are the ones given fabricated information. And living agents are those who return with information. Secret agents are close to general. Most conversations are mouth-to-ear matter. Bribe enemy agents and make them double agents. Use them to recruit naive and inside agents. Double agents can provide right ideas on what information can be given to expendable agents, which despite being false, will appear trustworthy. An army without secret agents is like a man without ears and eyes. And that's a wrap on the art of war. Subscribe to the channel and take a look at the hundreds of book summaries uploaded previously. 
To find hundreds of written summaries, check out our website, bestbookbits.com. And for hundreds of audio summaries, find us on mixcloud.com forward slash bestbookbits. If you want to help and be a contributor, get involved in the channel by reading a book, writing a summary, and emailing us at info at bestbookbits.com to have it featured. Thanks for watching and listening, and have yourself an amazing day. Take care.